want true, you want show, this one's for you. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the boxing edition as we fill the chamber with L's, if you know what I mean, and prepare to blast off with another tainted dose of that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, in fact, the voice that you hear, ready to remind you what kind of day it is today for the ITC. It's a hard on day for me today. It really is. Because I mean, it really is. It really is. This is a big week, folks. Just like Eddie Hearn said, let me begin before we get into the good stuff by saying hello to all of our listeners. Hello to all of our boxing fans. Hi, my boxing fans. Yes, hello to all of the parents out there listening this week. Just tell your parents, just hi. Hello, even to all the grandparents out there if you're listening. Hello, Grandpa. Hello, Grandpa. Hey, hello to Danny Jacobs if he's listening. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. Absolutely. Hello to the Irish crew, the ADK crew, the Alex Godinez crew. This is fight week, folks. We finally made it here. Dirty meat be damned. Triple G, Canelo, part two. It's time to get fired up for the panache. No panache, no flair, no show. Waste of How dare you? How dare you guys? We're going to have all the breakdowns, all the blowdowns, all the blowoffs, all the load watching and load dropping. It's going to get gross in here. No backwashing. We are fired. Believe the... what I'm telling you. Yes, believe no, it. Not He's not backwashing. We are fired the heck up. I got buttons going off left and right. I'm ready to tell you about Triple G and Canelo. We're ready to recap Garcia Porter as your boys, BC and Rafe, were ringside in Brooklyn. All the latest news, do you care and more? But I need my tag team partner for this to happen. I need my brother, by the way, because, guys, you do understand what brothers do. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now oh, how dare you. He's an internationally renowned author, editor, Filipino TV icon. Heck, he's got a long resume, folks. He's got a new book coming out, and he still has time to be the protector of all things cruiserweight. Usik was made for box. Cruising was made for box. Bob Boner wants to see Usyk fight Joshua. Wow, Rafe Bartholomew, it's a hard-on week. How fired up are you, bro? Oh, Brian, Brian, so far I was watching the ladies' man, just getting, like, the Cavassier ready, being like, mm, it's a good week for boxing. You're damn right. Are you ready for this week in boxing? I was born ready. Oh, hey, Canelo, big red, the wrong big red. Big red, are you ready? For this big week, I was born ready, Brian, and you are next, my friend. Cam Campbell, you are next, my friend. Campbell, Campbell, you are next, my friend. friend. Yes, yes, Rafe. We got so much to talk about. Vegas, Triple G, me, oh, Freddie Sternberg. We got a lot to talk about. But you and I, this past weekend, we're in BK, brother. I'm not talking about Brian Kenny's hazel colored hair. All right, I'm talking about Brooklyn, my brother. For Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. You want to just unwrap it and get right into it, unless you got anything to tell me about your personal life. Hey, how's that for Love and Basketball book? We're ready to unroll with that. I was on a subway, Rafe, and I saw a commercial above me for your damn 30 for 30. I, oh, I, I've, I wish I were in or really a bigger part of that 30 for 30 or ESPN Films project. I, all I really did was work on the book, but hey, I'll take the credit. All right, all right, I'm, I'm done with that. Rafe, you were in New York this weekend. Was it great to be back home? 
Hell yeah. I love coming home, man. I mean, the, I actually even like some of the drizzly, rainy weather because I get stuck out there on the West Coast, all the sun. It gets a little boring. Yeah, you know? it, I know it never rains act- in Southern California. That's what they tell me. Yeah, it it really almost never does, you know, and but it also never jacks out there. We don't jack. I will never jack. I well, that's I mean, that's a fair statement. I'll never fuck. I won't jack. I'll be there till I can't breathe. Cause that's how men deal. That's how men roll. He ain't a man. He ain't a man. You know, you jack. Listen, on this show, if you jack, you ain't a man. That's what John. That's that's, that's some gypsy wisdom for you, Rafe. All right. I, I know you you deal in the dark arts of soda, but if you deal in jacking, Rafe, that's not gonna it's not gonna fly on the show. It's true. All right. Come on, man. Come on. You're like, come on. I, I enough appreciate, the, the, I no, appreciate no, 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 no. the small talk, but come on, man. No, no, no. I, I, I am fired up. This for is Danny's, this is Danny's moment. All right. This is Danny's it's, show. Well, it, it, it wasn't Danny's. It was not Danny's night. All right. I hate to tell Jim oh, Gray it was not Danny's you. night. Hey, 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 hey. All right. All right. Barclays Center, Rafe, we saw another. By the way, the Barclays Center just signed another deal with PBC. It's, it's the new MSG. It's the house of box on the East Coast. It's StubHub East almost, Rafe, and we saw one. You know what, Brian? I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, my I'm gonna God. Just, just stop that crap, all right? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Stop no, that no, crap. No, you don't. I, you you don't, don't even need to play the drops. Crap. I'll do them stop for it. it. Stop it. Oh, God. Because, Brian, because, Brian, can you think of any PBC, PBC cards in New York that have not taken place at, at the Barclays Center? I guess if you want to go out to the Nassau Coliseum and talk about some of those Long Island shows they did up there. But they're still going to probably do them out there. This is Basically, we are making a press release about something we've already been doing. But Are you I referring to the talk- PBC Showtime press release? Because that was another like, hey, we've been common law married for years, but let's announce it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of money involved in that one. But we'll get into that news later. Come on, man. I want to talk about these fights. I want to talk about the slopper knocker on the undertard. My man, Adam Kaunatsky. Oh, man. Showing up. Prince Martin, Prince Charles Martin, Prince with his Charles Albert. Wait, Prince Albert, Charles. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not getting into that. It's your Albert. Uh Rafe, let's start at the top. WBC welterweight championship, the vacant belt in the bad. There's a loser's bracket championship of the Keith Thurman Bowl, and it was Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. And look, we were there. We were third, fourth row. This was a damn fun night at the fights. Entertaining, back and forth, ebbs and flows. Dare I say, Rafe, although people didn't like my comparison that this was the modern-day Oscar Shane one or a poor man's version. This was high-speed chess, and you know your boy loves that. Did it? Look, yes or no, did this fight live up to its expectations? I say yes, absolutely. Now, I as long as you throw in that qualifier, poor man's version, homeless man's version, not, you, you know, modern day, not, so you, you got to qualify it. As long as you throw in that qualifier, I can go down that road with you when you're comparing it to the sort of style matchup you saw in Mosley De La Hoya. But you, let's not, these guys are not Hall of Famers. They aren't very likely to ever, I'm talking about Garcia and Porter are not Hall of Famers. Danny Garcia is en route to be a Hall of Famer. Let's not fool ourselves. I know we like to downgrade Danny, but he's got big wins, bro. You crazy? He's on his way to be a Hall of Famer. He is. Let's let's wake well, up and realize than, that. He's other, not Oscar, other, but other than that, Argentino Valentino. No, 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 make no, no, this no, case. no, no. He ain't no Argentino Valentino. Yeah. Well, other look, than, the the I'm going to tell you that by the time Danny hangs it up, the wins will be to the level where, like Tim Bradley, we go. You know what? 
you look at the, the resume. He's a Hall of Famer, and I think we're going to say that about two-division champion Danny Garcia. You think he's going to get anything as good as a bogus win over Manny Pacquiao or a real win over Juan Manuel Marquez? Are you What are you smoking up there in Connecticut, I'm brother? I'm telling you Danny will be a Hall of Famer, dude. I'm telling you. I mean, this isn't a conspiracy. We don't have to play those uh, weird angel sound drops. If only I can find them. No, Bird, no, we don't have time for that. No, Ryan. I'm telling you, Danny will end up being a Hall of Famer. Look, Showtime is, Showtime Sean Porter is Shane Mosley late, yes. But then again, he just beat Danny, so they're both, look, this welterweight era is real, Rafe. Is it good as, it's good as the 80s? No. Is it as good as the late 90s? No. But it's damn good. And a couple of these guys are going to end up touching M's, if you know what I mean. Brian, this might sound terrible, but about Danny Garcia... I think he should finish. Oh, no, dude, I don't. That's, that's I, too harsh. I know this sounds terrible. <laughs> I think he should finish. No, that's that's too. Come on, come on, come on. All right, break down this fight for me. Give me uh, the style matchup. We were there. We saw it. What you did? You think that Sean Porter? I know you were you were going crazy for his game plan. You really you 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 bought you were you were buying what he's selling. I love that you're like. Can we actually talk about real boxing right now and just uh, get off the damn board? Stop jacking. Uh, I didn't think he had this game plan in him. He told us on this show a month ago, I'm going to do something to Danny Garcia that's never been seen before. Um, you know, and look, he had a really interesting and smart game plan. He sort of punted the opening rounds by not being an NFL running back, by not jabbing, by just circling. Danny was up three rounds on basically everybody's cards. But I think he was setting the table to try to see what Danny had. And then he started implementing the offense. It was interesting, Rafe. At the beginning, he made Danny do what Danny doesn't want to do. Danny's a counterpuncher. He doesn't want to take the lead. So he created an awkward setting. He lost rounds doing that. But when he flipped that switch in round four, he never went full-on balls out. Against Birdo, and I know, look, Danny Garcia ain't Birdo. This ain't Birdo. He, he went full-on balls out all the time. He's trying to break Birdo's spirit. He knew he couldn't break Garcia's poison backbone the traditional way. He knew he had to diswire the brain to beat him. And that's what he did. It wasn't full-on assault starting in round four. It was herky-jerky. It was a lot of it. It was a lot of focus to the body, and he kept mixing it up. He made the adjustment. That's why. That's a lot of the reason why I compared it to Oscar Shane one. When Shane made that mid-fight adjustment, the whole fight changed. I thought Porter did that, and I thought the constant fainting really made Danny unsure. Danny doesn't move his feet a lot. He likes to dig in and throw big counter shots, but the constant fainting made Danny... Not really sure what he was doing, confused, you know, annoyed. And I thought Porter was putting big rounds together. Some of our brethren on press row, I'm not going to mention their names, I don't think they could hear Jimmy. They weren't appreciating in the moment what Porter was doing. I thought it was almost masterful in the game plan. He took a little of Lamont Peterson. He took a little of this, took a little bit of that. We were coming in saying, unless Porter makes this into a friggin' brawl, he can't win. I got to give him credit in hindsight. Like, he had a sophisticated plan that mentally disarmed the swag champ, brother. Well, first of all, Brian, it's hard to hear Jimmy through six inches of fleece, all right? You, you got it. It's hard to hear Jimmy that way. But I'm. I, it's an interesting way to, to describe the fight, and I'm sort of there with you. I wonder, though, because the the most success that Porter had, and obviously he had enough success to win the fight. I had him winning seven rounds to five. The, but I still think the most success he had came from when he fought like Sean Porter. So isn't there a part, isn't there an argument here that if Sean Porter had just been Sean Porter the entire fight, that maybe he, do, he dominates it in a different way? He looks even better? Or do you think that the way that he 
you know, he was more awkward. He flipped his switch on and off. He had he used those feints that you were saying. The way that he varied his assault was an important was an important factor in preventing Danny from being able to time him eventually from landing the kind of shots that would might have changed the tenor of the you fight. But Danny did la- did land some of those shots, and Porter he just did. pretty much ate him. Porter put on the big boy beard, and he ate it. But you just kind of answered your question on the latter half of that, and I did a lot of previews on radio shows, whatever, leading into this fight. And a theme I kept going to is that Sean Porter – plays one song really well he plays that put my head down and explode into you and it would have been too predictable i play that song pretty well i could i could refer you to some people (laughs) (laughs) wow uh it's predictable when he does that that would have been the wrong style danny's the wrong opponent to do a predictable attack style because he's going to check hook you he's going to set you up for the bomb and he's going to nail you it was because he set the table with the herky-jerky with the feints that made Danny, yes, the, the greatest success he had was being himself, was being the ridiculous exploder. But he wasn't trying, here's the difference. Normally, he's more about the dirty part. Put the head down, lead with the show, lead with the forearms. <laughs> wow, Rafe, you are just blowing up, you are just losing it over there. I mean, it's Bro, just- you're, you're, you're like singing the Adam Sandler innuendo song. I- it, it's all in context, but Jesus. Wow, I'm watching you over there, and it's like. Wow, Rafe on the verge of shooting out. John Porter is a great exploder. He likes to he likes to make it dirty. Continue. The point on this is, even though he won by being Sean Porter, he wasn't reckless. Sean Porter. He threw educated combinations to the body. It wasn't about forearms, elbows. Let me try to cut him. Let me try to break his will. Rafe, this was a. Sean Porter 2.0. This was a mature version of Sean Porter. And you had to, because what does Danny do well? Really poised, great technique, doesn't fold in big moments. And Sean found the way to go behind his brain and, and play with the wires and, you know, in total recall, the Matrix unplug him from it and made him think too much. And that's how he won the damn fight, Rafe. Did that make any sense? No, it didn't. But you know what I'm saying? It makes, no, 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 it does make sense. I am still, I'm not totally convinced that Sean Porter might have just done better by going balls to the wall, all Sean Porter, as much as he could have, fighting with that kind of energy and intensity. Uh, I I don't know that because the moments when he was trying to panache it up, he was getting tagged. I mean, some in the like he some of those early rounds when he came out, I didn't understand some of the you know some of his feints, some of the weird hand waving, the the dancing he was doing when he when he there were a couple rounds where he fought about half the round fainting and holding his hand sort of in front of him in a way in, in not in the normal guard kind of like doing like the chicken fight thing from when you're in middle school that never worked and never worked in middle school fights it didn't work in this fight either danny saw it waited and then threw an overhand right right over behind the the, his porter's hands when they were out and clipped him um i i see the point that that doing all of that weird stuff created the amount of variance he needed to also have the success he had but i'm not sure i'm not sure either way he got the win so it worked uh, I don't know if that's going to be his best bet against Errol Spence. I don't know if there is a best bet against Errol Spence, but that's down the line. Yeah, that is down uh, the line. Let's close the button on this is that he got the decision, the close unanimous decision on all three cards, 115-113 twice, I think, right? 116-112 on the other. Right. I had it like you, 15-13. Obviously, this was a close fight. If you had it a draw or even one round for Danny, it's not ridiculous, but I think both when you look at the fight as a large snapshot and you had to say who won the fight without scoring by rounds, you would say Sean Porter. He was the fresh guy late. 
Danny was hanging on. And also from a round-by-round sense, the judges, the New York judges, they got it right. Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. They did, and I was happy to see Porter. Because, look, every time Danny's in this spot, he gets the benefit of the doubt, right? Except for maybe against Thurman. Although, I mean, that was... That came down to uh, one round, essentially, on the scorecards. Even that was probably closer than it needed to be. But Danny faded here. This was a strong, great performance from Sean. And there was a hipster argument from some coming in. Some people I really respect that were like, I know people are really excited about Garcia Porter, but these guys aren't all-timers. And I think you drink a little bit from that cup. No one's necessarily saying they're all-timers, although I did just try to tell you Danny Swift is making the Hall of Fame. So I guess I did. And I think he will, by the way. But really what I'm saying here is let's love on this fight. Let's love on who these guys are. Yes, they're only in a title fight because... Thurman's been, you know, inactive, but this welterweight division is loaded and they're making fun fights. Did you love Porter Thurman? Yes. Did you love Garcia Thurman? For the most part, yes. This fight was better than those two, Rafe. I love what we have right now. Can we just enjoy it together? I don't know if I would give this one the nod over Porter Thurman, but it's a, look, it was a really good fight. I liked it. I think there's also something to that argument. Not, not that this fight isn't, wasn't, or this matchup wasn't that special because what? These are top, basically top five. Yeah, it's probably fair to call them top five or if not top six or seven welterweights, two of them in the ring at the same time. And basically one of the top divisions in boxing. Give me that any day of the week. Mm-mm-mm, I eat that stuff up. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you Brian, need, champ, you need about five to seven more of them pies. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll eat those pies every day. Uh, I'm but still, Brian, like I'm it, it has to do with the way that the boxing fan is a little bit or some boxing fans can get a little bit bitter over how we've been conditioned to love this, to act like this is a like the Super Bowl, like it's a holiday when it should be something much more regular in boxing, right? I mean, this is the this is the anti Heyman argument is that he gives us that that the PBC has given us so much pies, so many mismatches, so much stuff that is subpar that when they give you a matchup that is something we should see more of, we gotta celebrate like it's like like it's Christmas, like it's a holiday. And both arguments are true. It was a really good fight. It was a great matchup. It turned out well on the night. There's also a little bit of truth in the damn. Why do we have to act like this is? Uh, why why do we have to act like? The, the the boxing gods are smiling on us when it should be something they should do for us a little more regularly. You're right. It should be. But I hate doing that divorced child thing where it's like, well, dad's finally back and he's got gifts. But dad, where the heck were you the last few years? Can we just enjoy, enjoy what dad gave us? And that's not a pro PBC argument. That's just like this was a great fight that I was really, really excited for because I knew it would deliver. And it did. So let's just act like we get this all the time, and maybe we start – maybe we will. Maybe we will, Rafe, all right? Look the part, be the part. Look the part, be the part. After the part ended, after Porter won this close fight, Errol Spence got in the ring. But Jim Grace, to what you pointed out, didn't do the, hey, 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 no, 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 this is Danny's moment. He realized Danny's moment was over. He let it be Errol Spence's moment. I got a little he bit of He didn't let Sean have his moment. You're, that Jim is Gray, true. you are the protector of moments. I wanted to play you what Spence said. Everybody always looks forward, so let's look forward. Errol Spence, possibly Mikey Garcia. Errol Spence is behind me here somewhere. Hey, I know they all here tonight. Hello, sir. I know they all here tonight. Hey, and, and I'm good. Outta. The same way that you called out Danny Garcia, I'm calling you out. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it on. We got the WC's belt. I got the IBF belt. We can unify. We good friends. I love you, daddy. But let's get it on. <laughs> and, and guess what, y'all? This is going to be the easiest fight to make in boxing right here. All right, don't curse yourself, Sean, by saying that. 
But I, Rafe, I, I, I met your dad. I love your daddy. Like, I, I absolutely do. I mean, I, you and I went to Mc, speaking of Kriegel, McSorley's and me, we went to McSorley's this weekend, Rafe. I got the full on taste of your, of your life, of your childhood. I tasted every part of it, Rafe. That's just, uh, wow. That's just, that's so gross. I know you love my daddy, but let's get it on, you know? No, I, that was a great line from Spence. I, I even for, forgive Jim Gray for not playing his typical role because honestly this is what he should do is let the fighters talk let these sort of moments happen somewhat organically which is what he did and it was a cool moment what do you uh, so a couple things coming out of this fight do you want spence you know spence porter right away uh or as soon as they can make it uh do you and uh, but i'm also curious so you're talking about the Hall of Fame career of Danny Garcia. What? How does he rebuild from here? I he, I, I don't actually think he should finish. But it's also he should have finished. This was a close fight, dude. He should. Of course finish. not. He's not done. But he's also not the kind of guy who wants to fight pies. He he wants money. He wants. He, he's not. He he uh, he fought a lot of cherries in his day. But uh, he you know he likes to be at the top of the sport. And now he's not considered one of those guys. Really, he's got he lost two out of his three. They were close fights, good fights. But still, people look elite. at him and say you lost two out of your last three. This is the game, man. This is the game. It's unfair. Look, if he wants to take a pie, and PBC's got a lot more dates. We'll get into that in a second. If he wants to take a pie next, whatever, that's fine. Stay busy. But I don't think he should come back with a Brandon Rios. I think he should come back with a tough fight just to remind us who he is. Get right back into the title picture. I mean, if he turns into the next year like a B side for a title guy that's great for boxing so let's let's be okay with that i think he'll be back i think he'll wear a belt again look what was great about the 80s this welterweight scene was they all fought each other and there was a lot of boxing math this guy beat this guy but he couldn't beat this guy we're kind of seeing that right now for this group of welterweights so don't count out danny garcia next but the whole point is what do we want to see next is porter spence the right fight i say hell yeah i say it is let's unify let's give spence that chance to get the second Kelbrook win on his resume that he deserves, all right? And I got a lot to say about Spence in a second, but let's end the Mikey Garcia talk. It was fun for a minute talking about it. Mikey wanted to dare to be great. Mikey was there. I mean, PBC had every big star there. By the way, when the Charlo showed up, you you were upstairs. There was like a mini riot. When they came to ringside, Rafe, you weren't there yet. They just pushed through the security guards. So instead of walking around the ringside area to get to their seats on the other side, they walked through the ringside area. Security didn't know what to do. It was lions only everywhere. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was wild. But no more Mikey Garcia talk for Spence, okay? Spence has got big business. Spence wants Thurman more than anything. If they just said neither guy is going to fight until next year against each other, I'd be fired up. But yes, Spence Porter, hell of a fight. Let's not build to it. Let's go into it. You want to tell me anything about the Charlos? Or can I go into down all the Spence road? You want to tell you? Saw uh, let's just go. Let's go. Uh, I mean, no, let's go straight into Spence, man. I, I don't. You know, I don't. It was a PBC orgy all yes, night. The guys were wilding out. We will probably hear some of it later, but. Uh, let's let's talk boxing. Yeah, Rafe was just going to tell you how good this, the Charlos were. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we already know that. All right. So, Rafe, uh, Spence did something, and you heard it a little in that interview, that he's never done before. He's always been classy and humble and give respect to everyone and blah, 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 blah. Just so nice. I think he was drunk or or something. I'm not saying he was high or there was purple drink or anything like that. Rafe, I'm just saying this was a while and out. This was a lit Errol Spence. Speech was a little slurred, saying things he doesn't normally say. He got out there on the press conference, and I know these videos are all over, people going nuts. After the fight, there was a little gap before Danny and Sean were coming out. 
And he's just wiling out like, Terrence Crawford ain't, ain't never fought anybody. He on ESPN. I'm not ever fighting on ESPN. I'm the A-side. He said Bob Aaron's smoking mirrors. He was going on, and the facts weren't always there. And Adrian Broner was like his hype man on the side. By the way, Terrence Crawford ended up calling out Adrian Broner on Twitter for being a hype man. But I got a little bit of funny sound from that Spence rant just to give you a little taste of it. The guy he fought. Name the top guy he fought. That's better than Chris Algieri. <laughs> nah, that's better than Chris Algieri. Name one guy. Felix Diaz. So you think Felix? I think Chris Algieri beat Felix Diaz. Oh wow. He beat the Russian kid. Adango. Oh, they're calling him the Russian oh, kid. Like, come oh, on. No, uh, God, God, no, Brian. More to my liking. Yeah, yeah, Al Bundy. The Russian's no. more to your liking. Um, Rafe. It was like your favorite uncle at a rehearsal dinner wedding, standing up and be like, hey, everybody, is that too much to drink? Well, I got a little bit of a speech here. And the speech starts out hilarious, and he's referencing funny things from the past, and you're like, oh, that's our favorite uncle. He's the best. He doesn't normally do this, but this is great. And then it goes off the rails, and he shares a story he shouldn't, and it's inappropriate, and you're like, oh, man. It kind of felt like that for Spence, where at first I'm like, yeah, call out Crawford. Talk about how he's on the other side of the street. And then he's just spewing facts that aren't real. And then it sounded like, forget about talking about Porter Spence for a second. Spence is telling you that Spence Crawford will never happen. Did you pick up on any of that? Yeah, I did. I didn't like it. Um, I, look, I like him going up there. I even don't mind him going up there and doing a little bit of Teddy Atlas against who, against who about Terrence Crawford's resume. That's fine with me. I don't know if I would hang that argument on the back of Mr. Avocado, Chris Algieri. Like, if you're going up there and saying, like, I beat Chris Algieri, who'd he beat? Man, you need to just, like, maybe think of, think, think, like, what happened to Kell Brook? Talk about Kell Brook. That is yes, a great win. Stop defending uh, Chris Algieri, please. And please. it also brings up an interesting thing about both Spence and Crawford in that we all almost unanimously agree that they are top three, maybe at pro- certainly probably top five pound for pound fighters in the world, both Crawford and Spence. At the same time, they don't have the resumes of those guys. They really don't. They haven't Crawford because he cleaned out 140 when it wasn't that strong. Uh, and, and Spence because, because he's so good that among the PBC fighters, they won't match him against the other good PBC, PBC fighters. They haven't yet because they know he's going to beat them all. Uh, so he, he hasn't had the, neither guy has had the fights to quite show and earn those spots. Even though we, our eye test, we know that they belong there. So it's a weird, it's weird for them to go up and make those arguments. It didn't really work out that I was. So I think that this is, has a little bit to do with, and we'll talk about it in the news, the, the bit, the big news about, uh, PBC signing deals with Fox and Showtime, long-term, multi-year, mega million, hundred, hundred million plus dollar deals when you put them together, uh, for PBC. I think, unfortunately, that means that we may not see anyone cross the street, like Errol Spence was saying, for a long time. Now, if we get fights, if Errol Spence cleans out the entire 147 pounds stable at PBC first. Those are all good fights. Those are all legacy building fights. I mean, if you're talking Keith Thurman, Danny, you know, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, those kind of fights, if he gets those wins, heck, you can't really complain about that, even though the Crawford fight is the pot of gold at the well, end of the rainbow. I forgot who but, wrote it, but there yeah, were some ahead. people who had, I forgot what major writer, an Ioli or Rayfield's type. Somebody wrote that they wouldn't be surprised if Crawford Spence would happen as a joint ESPN Fox pay-per-view next year. Like it would get billed to toward it and then they would do it because 
I, I guess the theory is that there's great money on both sides, but both, I mean, we love Crawford, we love Spence. It's the best fight on paper for hardcores you can make for boxing. It's really a Hagler, Hearns, Hagler, Leonard, all that. Hagler, Leonard, Hearns, all that. But I don't know if I agree that those major networks would join together this early and be like, let's do a pay. It's not Mayweather Pacquiao level. No, it's not. I mean, neither, neither Crawford has fought on pay-per-view with HBO, but only because they didn't want to pay the amount for a normal HBO card. And those pay-per-views against Victor Postel did not, did not light the world on fire. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I would be surprised if it happens that soon. It, it may be an eventual thing. You know, I think, some of the bigger national voices maybe like to put a positive spin on these big deals with the big parties that they report on because the big parties like to to have some of those positive vibes out there and it was a good overall it's great news for boxing lots of fights lots of money for fighters those are things we support but the downside of it is especially with long-term deals and if that money is guaranteed no strings attached then uh you know you might get a 2019 that's a little bit rough with a bunch of mismatches because they don't you don't they they don't have any leverage they don't have they don't have the leverage stop that crap stop it Stop it! Oh man. Hey, Crawford responded the next morning, tweeting, LOL, Errol Spence Jr., yeah, you was drunk last night, boy. You are no way, shape, or form the A-side, dummy. You talking about who I beat? Everyone you beat, I'll smash, boy. How many titles and different weight classes have you won? I'll wait. Continued in the next tweet. And I like Lamont, but come on now. The two guys I stopped and punished that didn't even win a round beat Lamont, and now Jerry was a kickboxer. Stop drinking, dude. It's bad for your health. And we can bet a million I make more than you after taxes, big money, man. Rafe, is there any fear from what we saw on Saturday that our golden boy Spence, because we've built him up to be a, like an unshakable golden boy, right? That he's like hanging out with the Broner Gervonta crowd too much? That he's like, he was drunk. There was something different about him. Should we have any like, he's going First down all, the wrong Brian, road? We, stop saying that. We don't know that he was drunk, even if he was acting off. Like, unless you got up to him and smelled his breath. Oh, and I would like to fair. see you dare to do that to Errol Spence or anyone. Uh, I mean, I guess Gervonta Davis would dare to do it a few times in the halls afterwards. <laughs> we all saw the YouTubes. Um, no, I look. I, do do you ever – I've seen you drunk. You've seen me drunk. Yes. Do you think that there's anything wrong with me? Now, we are not fighters. We're no. not athletes. We're not – we don't need to always be in good shape. But we – how – I mean, do you think Roberto Duran ever got drunk, Brian? Uh, <laughs> you know who saw on. us drunk? Our campion, Eric Morales. Our, I'm looking at the yeah, picture right now. I, we've yeah. seen, man, in the pictures of, of, of vintage prime Pacquiao in the club getting, oh, yeah. getting a little lit, getting horned. He put his hand in clitoris and he wasn't even boxing. Yeah. <laughs> so – Look, I, somebody wants to, to turn up one night or whatever, as long as they perform in the ring, sure. It, it, certainly it looks like the Crawford family knows how to party too. I don't think anybody cares right. about that. You I don't care about that. me off my soapbox. We can't just say I, he's drunk if he wasn't. I love and, the man though, Rafe. I love that guy Spence. And this was a little like behind the curtain mini heel turn showed us too much. He, see, like, I he, like that. I, I, the thing, and I like that about both him and Crawford. They are kind of the quietest guys in the division overall or in that, in that realm. And they are also, I think, the meanest, both of them. Yeah. I think they are the toughest, stone cold, mean, like not, not actually, you know, you don't want to say killer because people actually die in boxing. These guys aren't doing anything wrong, but they are stone cold like that. And we saw, we did, and you ask, is he hanging out with, with Broner and kind of some kind of bad influence thing? No, I don't think Spence is. And the reason I don't think it is, if you watch some of those YouTubes after 
the press conferences, Errol Spence, during the middle of an interview, just walks into the middle of the interview, <laughs> gets in front of the microphone so no one will hear him, gets real close an inch away from the faces of of Adrian Broner and Javante Davis and says something that you can't pick up on the audio. And he, he says it in a very cold, calculated way that makes you think and then that Davis later said supposedly was something along the lines of like, I am going to beat the F out of you if you don't, if you quit messing around so, while I am on a dais. So that may have uh, been a reference to at the press conference when Spence was doing his speech, Broner started doing this court jester thing with Davis. They grabbed the microphone from the side and they were like kind of crazy question. Yeah. Egging him on, but like in like a flavor flave type of way. That's interesting. Spence does have underneath the rope when he pulls when he shows his ass like Radio Rahim would say he might be a killer and I love that about he's him. He's got an edge and he's like you know yeah maybe maybe I feel you Brian. I want to make him a bet. I love him. No, I, and I think I really think that there was a little bit of look, man. We're cool, but if you if you if you cross me, if you play around, if you fool around while I am in charge, I'm going to make you pay. And we can do the, and, and, and it, it can go down wherever. And, and now that's all big talk or whatever, but I think that, I think he was basically going in there and bossing these guys and being like, yeah, we're all fighters. We're all colleagues. We're all peers, but I, I am the top dog in this. You know, this is my, this is my kingdom. Wow. So basically subtly he was saying, would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. You'd love to. Uh, yeah, I guess so, Rafe. Wow. So it's funny that we were supposed to spin out of here. No, 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 no. It's not Danny's moment. We were supposed to spin out of here going Porter, Spence. But Spence grabbed the hog, if you will, and made it about Spence Crawford moving forward. So is there any chance that it'll be Thurman Porter too, the the next big fight in the PBC welterweight? It's like Thurman will probably need a pie first. You know, I mean, I'm talking to that man like I'm normally talking to that man, if you will. But I, if only I was quick enough on the board. Rafe, I ruined the show by how how slow I am getting to the great big sound things. I'm talking to this man like I'm talking there to this man. There it is. Okay. Uh, is there any chance that Porter Thurman 2 should be the next big one? Depends on how soon they can make it. Depends on how soon Keith Thurman can get back to something like his former condition. Now, he looked, you know, he was at the fights on Saturday night, unfortunately, sadly getting booed every time they put him on the Jumbotron, which is a little unfair. Uh, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's not like he's holding the belt hostage. I mean, this, this was for his belt that he vacated because he couldn't get back in the ring. Uh, but at least he didn't look overweight. You know, there was a, there were some photos of him in a gym a couple months ago where he looked a little heavy. Now, you know, he looks like he's getting back into fighting shape. So get a fight, eat a pie. And then if he can get back into a fight against somebody like Porter or Garcia after that, you know, Garcia gets a comeback fight. Thurman gets a pie to get, to, 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 to test out his shoulder and his hand, uh, and his elbow and everything else that fell off of him in the last two years. Uh, and, and then maybe we see a Thurman Garcia rematch for, you know, a little bit of a crossroads fight, something like that. There are options. I just want to see him back. Uh, you know, he's still undefeated and I, he's not my pick for the best of welterweight, but I, somebody got to prove it. You're damn right. All right. We, 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 we spent too long in this. We got to roll out of here and keep going real quick on the undercard here. Your Dennis Ugas put together one of the most boring performances. You're like, don't even talk about it. He's next in line in the WBC, and that's the sad part. He won the number one contendership by beating some Argentinian guy we never heard of, and I don't want to ever talk about him again, who looked like almost like Maidana and Matisse's love child if they had consummated as brothers and were willing to. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Uh, this was a horrific performance by Ugas. He dominated, but it was... So boring. It was now in the pantheon of worst Brooklyn fights of all time at the Barclays. 
with Devin Alexander, Randall Bailey, that heavyweight rematch between Seth Mitchell and Jonathan Banks, and Arislandi Lara, Terrell Gaucher. This was on that level of stinkdom. Let's never mention Ugas or that Argentine's name again, Rafe. I want to see Ugas again, but this was a terrible fight. But the problem like, is, he, you, you, you might Ugas see Ugas Porter next, that, because that's how the business sure. works. That'll be okay. I mean, it's a real matchup. All right, that's fine. But the opener, I'm not going to talk about Amanda Serrano. She did win six title and as many weight classes for women, the first uh, female fighter to do that. Congratulations to her. It was a fun fight, but it's tough with the competition level. We just have no idea who they're facing. We do know that the Polish caveman, Adam Konakny, is back. Rafe? It turned out to be a 10-round slop fest, if you know what I mean, and you know on the show what we like. We do like it extra sloppy, especially when we can find the sound bite. Rafe? I made an extra sloppy. All right, you're late. You're late on that. Uh, Sir Prince Charles Martin, I thought he was going to KO'd in the first round. He hung around, and he allowed this to become a sweaty, just mess but it was kind of beautiful in a way did you enjoy that as much as i did hell yes i mean but look charles martin we thought that he has no heart but that guy he fights like a street gangster like a gang member all right he's got that guy has balls we didn't know it but he does like you want to play the thing from grandpa the guy has balls. Yeah. He fights like a tough, tough, tough. gang member. Never so- screwed so many women <laughs> in my life. Hello, Grandpa. Hello, Grandpa. Um, no, good. And, and like, I, this just made me happy, even though he, in a losing effort for Charles Martin, the way he's, he's, he really fought back. He dug down. He, he, he was hurt and gassed at many points in that fight. And then he almost turned it a few times late in the fight. I, it was one of these fights where neither guy quite had enough power or energy to, to capitalize on the moments when he hurt the other one. And it was also the kind of fight that you could imagine in the corners uh, of each fighter, they're both, their, their trainers is both going in there and saying, you're getting beat by a man with titties right now. This was, this was titties versus titties, man. Uh, and it was beautiful. Never let him beat you. That 10th round, Brian, when they were both sort of going for it, but also too tired to really do much with it. And they, but they were, they were like close to what first, first Martin was hurt. Then he rallied a little bit, looked like he might have. Kalnatsky hurt, and then and then he just gassed out totally and looked like he was going to die. Uh, Yo, it Martin's was bad, dude. Like I give Martin a lot of credit. He took a lot of shots. He committed to the body the whole fight. But for a guy that's like six, what five, maybe he just completely gives away his height. Never jabs hard. Just pause. All of his punches seem soft. His body's soft. I know he just survived like a shooting in the past year, so he's not soft as a person. He was willing to to, to go in there the distance. I give him credit for that, but Rafe, he's really bad. He's going to go down as one of the worst heavyweight champions of all time. He only won that title, let's remind you, because Czar Glaskov's knee <laughs> fell apart. And he's never fought again, by the way. And I know that. What do you think he did, Sir Charles did with the money, the $4 million he got for losing to Joshua? What do you think he did with that? 
I hope he did something good with it. I have no clue, but I know he didn't spend it on good tattoos and audio and body work because that, that stuff does not cost 4 million. That is not high class tattoo artistry. But the, the, you mentioned that, that when he won the title against Glasgow, a great, great stat that our guy David Graceman shared on Twitter the other day. The only person to win a heavyweight title, maybe any title without landing a punch, according to CompuBox. CompuBox. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Rafe, let's speed through what else we saw this weekend. Superfly 3 on HBO from Eng- – that was Inglewood, right? Was that the forum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I saw Mike Coppinger texted or me or tweeted or something that there was like 2,000 people in the crowd. Rafe, it wasn't on my radar because I was in Brooklyn. I've subsequently watched the highlights. I'm sorry. I'm not really moved. I know Tom Loeffler is already tweeting out that uh, – or somebody tweeting out that, hey, we're on the phone with Tom Loeffler. Superfly 4 is coming. This is starting to get like when a movie has too many sequels, and it's just like – it's just not not that good anymore. Did you, did this move your needle at all? Yeah. You know, we went – last week we said that this was maybe not hashtag Superfly, but hashtag sort of fly. It just – and but we were also reserving judgment because we know that in the lower weight classes there are so many lesser known fighters who are really talented and and they often come together to make these just great exciting back and forth activity wars infinity wars you know they are throwing the gauntlets at each other just snapping fingers people dropping dead uh this wasn't that from I look I, I'm also gonna be honest I haven't even been able to watch this stuff yet because there's just so much oh, get it's back too your much. Card. Give back All right, your boxing I'll, I'll, card. I will give back my card. I and I honestly, you know, it's a little bit of bad luck, bad timing, but this is the kind of card that should have been in August. Somebody should have figured that out. I don't yeah, know. Don't what, put like, it up against this. This, show. this, I mean, they maybe they scheduled it before the Porter Garcia fight came, was on the books. That I can, I don't remember. I don't want to look it up. But but it's just going to get lost in a weekend like this. There was so much going on in the narrative of the sport that people actually follow, that fans actually give an f about. And you know what? Fans don't give an f about the, any of these three fights. I will catch up with them, and I'm sure there will be some some semi top operating to appreciate. But yo. I also got to look forward to Triple G Canelo in a two in less than a week, and I'm psyched for that. It's just a lot to deal with, and I hope when they bring it back, they they are willing to spend enough money to get Srisaketsu Rungvisai back. You know, yeah. this guy. Well, here's the thing: if you're gonna bring the Superflies, bring the best of the Superflies, right? Like, don't give us this bootleg thing, Rafe. You know, Juan Francisco Estrada is great, but I'm not gonna get fired up to see him fight. Felipe Oracuda in a main event. So my, I was going to say maybe the whole Superfly gimmick should go back to what it originally was, which was putting Chocolatito under Golovkin whenever he fought. And you knew when Triple G fought, we were going to get a really good Chocolatito undercard fight. And we are, by the way, on next sat- on Saturday. But maybe these guys should go under Jaime Munguia or Kovalev or whatever on HBO. Maybe they should be the undercard of every HBO show rather than their own thing. If we're going to get Estrada or Akuda, which isn't firing me up. I saw the highlights look like a little bit of a banging going on and Estrada wins a clear decision. But I mean, are you going to go back and watch Donnie Nietis, Aston Palitcat for the uh, split draw they had? I mean, you know? Oh, yes, I, yes, I damn sure will because it's the, I, I believe the first time ever that two Filipino fighters have faced each other for a title. I mean, this is, this is Pinoy pride, 
version 75 you know this is the, this is for all the marvels I, I i have to watch that like that i i'm I, although i'm not really looking forward to it because it sounded like a so-so fight yeah. but i am going to watch it waving flags and and loving every goddamn second of it i did like the, but i might not do it for like three months <laughs> i did like japan's kazuto ayoka came back what from retirement he had a nice knockdown of mcwilliams aurora one of you like that brian decision. let me ask you a question i watched let the highlight you, the let, highlight let, let, was let fun. me put you to the test let me put you to the test then brian you like that you like you really like that he came back did you watch any of the fights he had before he retired uh maybe one maybe one by the oh, way did I you didn't. <laughs> did you see the purses for that card you could basically like whatever it cost for Danny Garcia's entourage on Saturday paid for the whole damn card on uh, at the HBO but that's fine whatever i mean i'm not making fun of them just whatever i'm going to we're going to move on that's it i'm sorry we're going to move on we're going to go to a card that i actually really enjoyed Zone had their soft launch, if you will, by streaming this card because their actual launch is September 10th, Monday, today. We'll get to that in a second as we record the show. But Amir Khan got streamed by Zone from England, and he took home a wild unanimous decision over Samuel Vargas. The scores were as wide as you would imagine coming in, but what the scores don't tell you is that after Khan dropped Vargas in round two, Khan got destroyed by a right hand. He got dropped hard late in round two. He also, when he put his hands down late in the fight, I think it was the 10th round around there, he got rocked to close the round. Like his chin went in the other direction. He stumbled back to his corner. So in some ways, Rafe, it was just another Amir Khan fight. It really was. Like he's, I think it was a rat catcher who, who wrote a piece for Queensbury rules that it, it made the equivalent of, of it's like watching like what a puppy with a grenade in his mouth. It's like, like the, I think that's what he said, but it, it was right on. I mean, it's typical Amir Khan, but yet not, not to, not to give you an anti sober take, but you, you saw the slippage at 31. You see that like if you, if you're doing this against Vargas, like I get a Julio Diaz comeback fight, you have a little trouble. I get going through hell against Maidana and surviving. Even Colazzo on pay-per-view that time when he got rocked, but he held on. But dude, this is the other Samuel Vargas and this became life or death, right? What the hell is going on here? Well, that's, a, that is Amir Khan. He is going to go life and death with a lot of guys who he has no business doing that with. Because of his chin problems, it just happens. That's that's who he is. Uh, he did look not great. His body looked bad, man. I don't, they, you know, that he just looked softer at 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 147 than he's ever looked before, which is a little. What's that? This is the 147 division. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Weight category 147. He looks soft. They're talking about look, and Eddie Hearn said afterwards, if they're gonna make the Kell Brook fight, it has to be next because Brook obviously is not going to enjoy making 147 again. Khan, you know, talk about holding a grenade. You know, being his promoter is like is like holding like a, a stick of dynamite. You know, you don't know when that thing is going to blow up on you and when, when all of it's going to disappear. So you got you want to make the big fights as fast as possible, even if nothing in this. Samuel Vargas fight convinced us that he should, you know, he belongs in one of those big fights. Call up Kel Brook, call up Manny Pacquiao, call try Broner. and make Can it happen. Can we make Con Broner finally before it's too late? Con Broner would be a fun fight. It's like too sure. perfect of matchmaking right there, by the way. You know? Sure. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if they want to do it, but if they, if they can do it. I'm saying it was typical American because Rafe, he looked fan friggin' tastic for like the first four rounds outside of getting dropped. Like, I mean, he's the best first round fighter ever in boxing history. He could put, in three minutes, he looks like amazing and he still got it. But yet 
didn't look in top level shape, was you know, it's tough. And Carl Frotch on on an interview with Coogan Cassius of IFL afterwards just sent the whole performance to hell, Rafe. Well, it is. You know, it's a it's a twelve round lackluster performance against a limited opposition um, in Vargas, who we've seen when he steps up to the likes of Errol Spence and Garcia, he gets absolutely wiped out and outclassed and knocked out. Um, I know one was a TKO, one was a KO, but fundamental point is at world level that performance from Amir Khan will not be enough to beat them them top boys in that division and that's where he wants to go well maybe he doesn't want to go there because tonight he spoke about Manny Pacquiao not even Kell Brook don't want the Kell Brook fight so you don't believe he really wants to fight Kell Brook or what's your opinion well he doesn't want to fight Kell Brook because he just said I want the the Manny Pacquiao fight Mm. before Kell Brook so for me Amir Khan's back for a paycheck Oh wow, wow. That's that's not quite, you know, I think he should finish, but he buried him. So here's a really interesting thing. I don't think you watched the other in this corner. I'm sorry, wait, there's another one? I have not oh wait, wait, what is it? In this corner with Brian Mannix. Do you watch the other one on ESPN Plus? I haven't seen that one. Alright, well they had sometimes so that show, I love the premise by the way, but it kind of turns into a top rank infomercial. They had Bob Aramon a couple weeks ago in Atlantic City. They shot it in a casino with Kriegel. It was interesting, but it was a top rank infomercial the whole time. But at the end, they did talk about, hey, why are you not making Khan Pacquiao? And Aram went on this rant that he doesn't, that Khan's too dangerous for Pacquiao at this point in his career. Blah, blah, blah. Kriegel had to interrupt him and be like, dude, Con, Manny will send Con to hell, basically. Because I was like, no, 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 no. That, that's, that's, that's too dangerous a fight. He's too big. Manny's too small. Dude, you're right. When you're a promoter of Con, you have to know when to hold him, when to fold him, when to cash him out. He's going to get knocked out by Kell Brook. We all know that. Can we just make the Manny a Pacquiao fight? That's got to be the fight that offers you the biggest amount of money, right? Or is an all England Brook Super Bowl bigger than I think? I, Carl Frotch seems to think that the All England Brooks Super Bowl is bigger, but he is probably, you know, he wears that Union Jack flag, you know, right on his well, chest. Dude, come on, he saw uh, ADK people. He saw ADK interest. I mean, look, I, I wanted to say Carl Frotch delivered that, that heel promo on Amir Khan like a, the straight right. He delivered it straight. So straight, like the straight right, that knocked Carl Frotch spark out in front of 80,000 people at Wembley in case you forgot that moment. 80,000 at Wembley Stadium, perfectly on George Groves' chin and flattened him in front of 80,000 fans at the Wembley Stadium. I want to twice record, if you don't mind, in my last fight before I, before I knocked out George Groves at Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 fans. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Frotch always in shape, by the way. Just come back and fight. Anyway, uh, no, it's all right on. Look, Khan's going to get knocked out when he does move up, but let's put him in. So you got to put him in with flawed stars. That's why the Broner fight makes the most sense, because you never know what you're going to get with Broner. Broner could and probably would knock him out, but he's a flawed star. Flawed stars only moving forward. To close Ray from this past weekend in Croatia... Filip Ergovic, the unbeaten, KO3 on our guy, Amir Mansour. Mansour. Uh, I watched it. Mansour got beat up pretty bad by, by straight shots the whole time. And then it looked like he kind of quit. Like he, he got dropped on a shot that wasn't that hard and then waited for the referee to get to 10. I mean, look, he was outgunned in that fight. We love us some Amir Mansour. I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. At this level, or at what level is this? He fought I think Croatia that's, off TV. I think TV. that's fair. Yeah, the gatekeeper for four four and zero heavyweight prospects. But man, uh, I didn't know he was forty six. Rafe, I knew I, he got out of prison in his late thirties, and it was like kind of a fun run to watch the heavyweight southpaw. But I didn't realize he's forty friggin' six. Hardcore Mansour. Yeah, I, look, we will always have Mansour Cunningham 
and that wonderful moment in the locker room afterwards, just the back and forth, the long count that keeps Steve Cunningham in the fight. Thank you, Steve Smoger, looking out for all the Steves. Uh, you know, if we will always have that moment, uh, Mansoor is just too old now. And if he doesn't fight, I hope, I hope he doesn't need the money to keep fighting. Don't forget about that 2016 bout against Boobs Brazil that he got stopped in when he couldn't answer the bell. That was a brawl at the Staples Center, Rafe. He gave us some fun fights. He's only 23, 2 and 1. Obviously, it's because he was in prison for half of his career, but like, he was been fun to watch. I know, I know Detloff loves him from, from Ring Theory days, you know? Right. So do I. I like that guy. He was, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for him. He was fun as heck to watch. I, I, I if things had gone a little different in that Brazil fight, maybe he would have gotten a, a crazy payday against Wilder, but it didn't happen. I ain't mad at you. Got nothing but love for you. Do your thing, boy. Ropes karaoke, come on, you gotta come with me on that, right? I, look, I, mean, I, I, only, I, I only like that, that piano riff when it's in the movie Candyman. I can't, I can't go there with Cause you. Cause we were once two honkies of the same kind, Rave. Quick to holla at a hoochie with the same line, right? Oh man, you just, I, I can't, li- I'll never listen to the song again now, Brian. Remember when you had a Jerry Curl didn't quite learn. The kid got a Jerry Curl, man. Come on, man, it's 2010. The kid must woke up in that hot tub time machine. Alright, quick latest news before we get through. We touched on a bunch of this, but PBC, four year deal with Fox, 60 something million. It's weird. Right when it happened, everybody coming out on Twitter. Wait, pause this, pause this, Rafe. Pause this breaking news. I left something out on the last con bit. All of our listeners who support hashtag LoadWatch2018, the ones that are on the ball, came at us with a new contribution to the cause, Rafe, from our guy, your guy, my guy, light heavyweight contender Ahmed El Biali, who was doing the color for that DAZN stream of the con fight in the fifth round, Rafe. You remember El Biali from... Night of Champions, PPC, Temec- meet me in Temecula with the terry cloth robe, walking around with not the the boxing robe, walking around with the robe from the damn shower. That's the best robe, man. You can't you can't beat that. He added this to the pantheon when Khan tried to finish Vargas in round five and then started to slow down. Yeah, hopefully Khan didn't you know <laughs> shoot out his gun. Rafe, love it, love it, right there, love it. And then I, you I know take what? advantage, and then when I shoot my shot. It, yeah, think, that's a different kind of shooting. You know, for yeah. The KO. Yeah, all right. The KO. Yeah, Brian, it. Brian, I think I'm going to say it might be time to to be a little bit stricter with the load. Oh. Like we I need I need a load or a wide or it doesn't count in my book. Oh, how dare you, dude? I don't do euphemisms. I support the cause. These are the cousins. These are the derivatives of, of Load Watch. These people, they're just still part of the same family. Well, anyway. Brian, if we start celebrating the guys who say gun or shot, then you know what that means, man. That means, that means, that means everyone's going to start using the euphemisms. That means they're going to stop giving us the loads and the wads. Man, you dude, you just to remind you that you ain't even touching L's yet, bro. Well, you ain't even touching them yet. All right. You, you ain't touching that yet. Um, Rafe. PBC four-year deal, Fox, 60-something million. So it's weird. When this happened, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, I guess uh, the PBC did work. I guess it just took longer than expected. But the, if the whole goal was to spend all this money, put it on TV, and then get a big TV contract, I guess it happened. And there were people going, you know, why are you not writing about this regular media? Why are you not writing about what Eddie Hearn did? And some of those people, by the way, why do you use that voice, Brian? We're Adrian Broner, and I wish I could play the whole sound from that Instagram video he dropped, but there's too much uh, 
touch and ends in that one, but we did get the Al Hammond a goat. He's right. He is right. So which is it though, Rafe? Is it that Al Heyman stuck to his guns, went the distance, and not only has a Showtime contract where he's making big money, but now a four-year on Big Fox deal where he's doing ten cards a year in prime time TV, or is the is it a, still a sober judgment to say you blew through four hundred fifty million and all you have for it now is a sixty million TV deal? Well, I don't I, look the way I see what Al Heyman does for better and for worse is that it's it is redistributing wealth and he redistributes redistributes it to people who I would rather have have it than hedge funds so good you know he took hedge fund money he gave it to boxers you know and boxers then give you know we know who who Adrian Broner gives gave a lot of those singles to at least uh but they redistributed on their own ways and anyway look I'm okay with boxers making good money uh, do I always like the matchmaking that comes from it, the protecting of the stars and all the classic hallmarks of, of Heyman productions? No, it, it's not always great for fans, but overall it, I think it is good for the sport. I think that all the talk about these TV deals was a little bit, you know, it's, it's putting spin on it. If you, if you want to break it down, if you want to go to the, to, if you want to go, let, let's go to the videotape on this, Brian. Uh, I think, shout out to Warner Wolf. Uh, <laughs> I think really what it comes down to is Fox lost that lost the UFC and they had some budget to deal with. There's some sports executive at Fox who needs to buy something to make it look like he still needs a job. What's out there? Oh shoot, the PBC has something I can buy. That's not bad. Actually, it's very good. And and when once I buy it, I'm going to call it the best thing since sliced bread. Um that's kind of what is happening here and there's nothing wrong with that i'd love to see boxing on network television i think that's great they put big cards on fox fan effing tastic good for them i don't know was it not written about i saw i read it on 15 different boxing news sites where do they want to see it written up they want to see it on the new york times new york times doesn't cover no boxing are you crazy like like so it was big news in the sport it was a good thing for the sport good make some good fights or don't but everybody wants to be patted on the back, you know, while patting themselves on the back. That's wow. a lot of back patting. I don't care. No let's, pulling let's... out here from Rafe. This is, this is, you just daddy pants them. I'm not pulling out nothing. It's on like Donkey Kong. Tyson Fury is like a king coming to All right, Tyson. It's not about you this week. It's Danny's show. Uh, Rafe, uh, that, that, all right. You know, you, that was a sober take. That was a hard, sober take. That, I mean, that was borderline raw dog. You know, I, look, I, I'm not a, I do not jack. All right. I, you, I will never jack. Wow. Uh, speaking of, uh, boxing TV and streaming deals, the zone launches today, September 10th, Monday. I think it's noonish Eastern time. Rave, I went to the zone offices in Manhattan as did some other media members last week. I got to test drive the product, play with the app, talk to the programmers, the programming directors, the tech directors, the PR directors. I was in the zone. I got a little taste of that, Rafe. I got a little, I mean, I sampled the sauce, if you know what I mean. The sauce is the boss. I like it. I like the platform. I mean, what am I going to tell you? Tech-wise, it was fun. No, it was. It, it just, I played with it on the iPad. I played with it on the big screen. I played with myself a little bit. Rafe, I like what they're doing. They got some cool shoulder content. They got little greatest hits packages. They're bringing in old fights. So if, let's say, Kel Brook's going to fight on the zone, they're going to have all of his old fights that week on there to see they got a fighting chance here, Rafe. It's going to be about the fights. We know they have a lot of money. Are you going to be in the zone 
or are you going to wait till the day Joshua Pavekin happens, or are you going to find some bad Russian illegal stream to try to, you know, join Al Bundy? Uh, the Russian, I think, is is. All right, Al. All right, to... that's all right. Whatever. Uh, Rafe, are you in? Are you in on this? Are you in the zone with me? Look, are you asking me? Am I in in three hours? Am I going to go subscribe to the to the to the zone to be number one? I don't think so. But I, come on, Jeffrey. All right, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you know, it's nice to dream, Brian, but no, yeah, that's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, right. What I am going to do is, yeah, I think I will eventually subscribe. I want to see the Joshua Povetkin fight. What I really, you know, and, and we, let's, let's, let's stop pretending like we don't know the real reason I am going to have to be the number one DAZN subscriber in the universe because they are bringing me that dose of double kebab. That is what it's really about. Uh, don't that big Eddie Hearn announcement with Alexander Usyk joining the Matrum DAZN universe. I mean, you know, Eddie Eddie called it a hard-on kind of day. Let's hear it one more time from Eddie. I'm very feeling. It really is, because this is showing you what Matrum is all about as a global business. Uh, wow, Rafe, this was a big signing. Cruiserweight champion Alexander Usyk going to DAZN, going to Matrum. The idea to make that big fight with Tony Bellew for all four cruiserweight belts to start. And then Hearn said, Rafe, if they force Usyk to defend against Rubadub, Lebedev, then Usyk's going to go to heavyweight. And you start to think about the long-term picture of what DAZN's trying to do here. Anthony Joshua versus Usyk for the heavyweight championship potentially at some point. I am feel... I am very feel, and finally Eddie is as well. Are you feel, Eddie? I'm feel. Yeah, you I'm feel. very feel. You're very feel. I'm very feel. I've been. A- yeah, he's been an Usyk fan forever, Rafe. This is a big signing. I'm fired the heck up. It's a great move for all of those guys. It's it makes so much sense for where Us- Usyk should go next in his career because if you look, if he is, he's taught. You know, he basically is planning to move to heavyweight and fight. And and who has the most fighters at heavyweight? The Brits do. They just do. And Eddie Hearn got the most Brits. He's got a lot of UK blood up there. Uh, you're talking. You know, before if they if they don't, you know, if Joshua has some business to take care of, if they want to try and do uh, probably do want to hopefully want to do jo- Joshua Wilder first, uh then they're going to be talking about Usyk versus guys like Dillian White and Derek Chisora and and these guys who are yeah, I think Usyk will handle them, but yo, those are good fights and I want to see them and and who knows how Tyson Fury does or does not end up getting in on that mix. Yo, it's it's a it, it is the right move because if if Usyk signs somewhere in here in the states, it's limited. It, yeah, it may it might make a wilder fight easier at some point in time, but who what other good American heavyweights are worth his time? Not many, man, not yet. So, yo, he's in the right place. And if if it all lines up, if Joshua and Usyk keep winning, and a year or two from now, they can actually do the 2012 Olympians gold medalist versus gold medalist, heavyweight heavyweight gold medalist Usyk, super heavyweight gold medalist Anthony Joshua, both undefeated for the what will then probably be considered an undisputed heavyweight. Title, oh, good wow. lord, that That's... will that will be the end all be all. That would be amazing. Let me say this about Eddie and DeZone, by the way. They are he is working with everybody now because he's got the money. So Billy Joe Saunders, who's a Frank Warren guy, is going to be on DeZone October twentieth against Andrade. And when I interviewed Eddie on camera at the DeZone launch thing last month, I said, Eddie, it's too bad you didn't sign Fury, man. We love Fury on our podcast. Too bad you didn't get him in Matchroom. And he goes, What makes you think Fury won't end up on DeZone one day? And it was his way of basically saying, Brian. I got the cash, bro. 
All right? And people are going to follow the cash. So you love that he's going to work with people. He's trying to get Manny Pacquiao to put him on the zone. I got a, they got a fighting chance here, DAZN. You got a fighting chance. I know the whole market's splintered. Nobody wants to pay nine ninety nine to five different people, but you got a fighting chance here, Rafe. I'm in DAZN, and now Usyk is as well. Mama finger, papa finger, so good. Oh wow, I love that. I love that sound, Rafe. It's a double kebab for everyone. All right, Terrence Crawford also signed a giant new deal with Top Rank. Details not ex- not uh not given to the public, but what it will mean is he's making apparently a ish load of money and he's going to fight Jose Benavidez Jr. on October 13th. So A, do you like that fight real quick? And B, are there enough fights to be made on the top rank side to make us care? With I do not care about that fight, no. Um, but the only, the bright side, the silver lining in the fight I don't care about is that there's, there's beef there. There's bad blood. They had a, Crawford a year, year and a half ago or something. Crawford and Benavidez Jr. had this altercation, uh, uh behind the scenes. You know, uh, at some fight they were both attending. Ben, Benavidez stepped to him and was like, I could beat you, man, or whatever. Crawford was like, get the hell out of here. I'll beat you right now in the street. Um, and he's probably right. Um, now he gets a chance to do it and get paid for it in a ring and not get into any legal trouble. So that's preferable to beating up Benavidez, uh, outside of those confines. So, um, that side of it, I like, I, we always know it's nice to see Terrence Crawford when he's extra angry, when he, when he gets extra salty. When he really wants to put like punish someone, we like that Terrence Crawford. We saw it against Dierry Jean. Um, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. But besides that, nah. I mean, like it's not a fight anyone should care about. What well, Benavidez's best win is a not is is a win he didn't deserve against Mauricio Herrera. You know, get get out of here with that. Stop that crap. Even though Mikey Garcia is considered a PBC guy, he never signed with Al Heyman. He's considered a Showtime guy. He doesn't have an exclusive deal. If you're Bob, fix that. Fix that divorce. And cause say, Hey Mikey, you want to come up to welterweight? Make a Mikey Lomachenko super fight. Didn't, I'm sorry, not Lomachenko. I'm sorry. I'm saying Crawford. I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man. I would take Mikey Make Lomachenko. A Crawford Mikey fight because didn't Crawford beat Mikey in the amateurs? There's a story there. If Mikey wants to dare to be great and go up to welterweight, go up and face Crawford because there's nobody else on top rank because Manny doesn't want that jam. And by the way, on that same in this corner with Chris Mannix, Bob Aaron was just ripping Mikey Garcia. I wish I grabbed the sound. Ripping him. Said he couldn't sell out his own breath. Like he was just ripping him. He was like, this is what you guys don't understand what it's like to be a promoter. You guys talk up Mikey Garcia like he's a big deal. He can't move any product. Like he just buried him. Rafe, he's got to get off that stance, Big Bob. Make that fight for your guy Crawford because you got nobody else. It's going to be pies. You're going to be used to be eating all these pies, Rafe. No, that's a good point. And it would also be if we're, if we're really getting into this sort of like Cold War thing between top rank and, and PBC again, again, we got uh. this same old story again from like 2012. But anyway, uh, if this is going to happen again, that is a nice strategic kind of FU move to steal that. That, that, that Mikey fight from Spence that they were talking about that everyone got excited about and be like, uh-uh, now it's our fight. And it looks good. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of the, the same move that Tyson Fury pulled on Anthony Joshua, you know, and, and saying, okay, you're not going to fight this guy right now. Well, I'll go take Wilder on, you know, that kind of thing plays well in the press. And plus it'd be a great fight. So yeah, if they can do it, do it. Everyone's shitting themselves. Rafe, we are just getting started with our weekend preview. Of course, it's Triple G Canelo 2, but it begins with Rafe Bartholomew. Do you care? On Thursday night from Las Vegas, the site of the big one, ESPN2 and Deportes. I believe this is a Golden Boy 
one of them specials. And Sounds like it. And it's Ruslan Madiev versus Pablo Cesar Cano, our old friend. Ten rounds, junior welterweights. Do you care? Nah. Cano is a good dude. I mean, he lost to Come Shane on. in Mexico. He beat Paulie. He beat Paulie, and they didn't give him credit that time. Come, but he didn't take his girl. I know. I, I beat. I beat Polly. <laughs> I beat Polly. I left with his belt and his girl. All right, all right, Paulie, shut up, shut up. Okay, uh, Comain Marcelia Cornejo against Franchon Cruz Desern for the vacant WBC interim super middleweight women's title. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be checking for that one. I love Diplomatic Rafe when he's like. That's a great thing. They will be fighting for a great thing. I'm sure it will be great. Uh, Friday night, Ray, from Fresno, California on ESPN, not the damn plus, on the big network. It's Jose Ramirez defending his WBC 140 title against unbeaten golden boy Antonio Orozco, who can never make weight. Not, not a half bad fight. Do you care about this? You know what? Uh, I should care about it, but it's bad timing. They're fighting on the wrong weekend. You know, they should have, shouldn't be going up against that stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe they're thinking ESPN casuals don't know what's going on in boxing, so they won't even, you know, they'll just catch whoever's got their TV on on a Friday night. But nah, man, I, I don't care in this circumstance. And you know what? Jose Ramirez, there's a big, junior welterweight tournament going on on with the WBSS and you aren't part of it. We know what that makes you brother. That makes you the Lucian Boutet of that division. Wow. And whoever wins that's going to wash you like wow. you're going to get cobra one day wow. by the winner of that 140 pound tournament. You're like, go put on a pair of white pants and, and yeah, and take, wow. Okay. Uh, so do you care about the Marine, the fighting Marine, Jamel Herring, the former PBC guy on the co-main against John Vincent Moraldi? Can't, 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 not gonna be able to do it. Alright, what about the opener? People are talking about this guy, Hiroki Okada, a junior welterweight. He'll be facing Christian Korea. I'm not, I'm not woke on Okada. Maybe my guy Evan Korn can slip me a Jimmy and, and, and get me on board with that. But, uh, do you have anything to offer up on that category, Hiroki Kuroda? I, um, I'm gonna say no. Alright. Another hot beef injection. They come for, <laughs> they come to you for the analysis, Rafe, and they get it. Um, and Tokyo on Friday. Naoko Fujioka versus Irma Sanchez. Ten rounds for Fujioka's WBA women's flyweight title, Rafe. Do you care? I am going to be watching every second of that, Brian. I am going to be so into that. I love that fight with the deepest, deepest passion part of my heart. Oh, don't tinkle my finkle here. I mean, come on. Let me tell you, don't you tinkle with the finkle. Rafe, Saturday, it goes down in Vegas. HBO pay-per-view. 8 p.m. Eastern start time. Shout out to the Irish crew on that one. Hey, how about that? Finally, we get a winner there. And it's a loaded, I'll say it, it's a loaded card. It's Triple G Can Canelo 2 on top. But let's start at the bottom, Rafe. The pay-per-view four-fight card. It begins with Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez against Moises Fuentes. Ten rounds, junior bantamweights. Roman's first fight since eating rat twice against SSR. Hella fired up. I'm going to say it, Rafe, because old stars need to brawl to stay alive. This is at 115. This is a super fly, and I'm super fly for a white guy. I'm fired up, right? I'm, I'm fired up, Rafe. I want to see what Chaco still has because he was great, and then he got a little old, and he fought above his weight class too high, and he got sent to hell. We have no idea if he if this is like a, a one-day reprieve, and he's going right back to hell. 
or if he can resurrect and start anew. What do you got for me? We don't know. It'll be worth it. I'm excited to find out. But you know what we do know? He's still old and he's still fighting way too high. So even if he beats Fuentes, who's hopefully, the, uh, you know, has been well vetted by a matchmaker, uh, all the, all this leads to is a fun superfly card down the road where somebody sends him back to hell, which is fine. Look, he was, wow. he, he, he has wow. had a great career. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at it. Yo, and I want to see how he does in this fight. It's a great opener, but come on, man. I like, like we, we, we already had to pretend for during that weird interim period that he was the best fighter in the world. All right. I don't need to do any more. Oh, how dare pretending. you? Yo, 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 relax. relax you know I mean? Give this guy a chance. He's a legend. He's a hall of famer him and danny garcia going in on the same day all right rafe um i want to he is a hall of famer inside my heart because we're fans too right that's why we're in this broken business i want him to win i want him to come back and get a win here i could see the other way happening i could see him getting stopped and we're like wow when he fell off the cliff he fell hard rafe i want to see him get up i want to see him climb back up i want to see him like stallone and cliffhanger in 93 right i want to see him back rafe yeah. So if he's going to do that, like still on ninety three, it will mean PEDs. So I'm not, no, no ask, no, no ask, no tell. Don't know. No, I don't need to know. No, 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 no. But no. Those purses are not big enough to to pay for drug testing. That That's all true. I'm gonna say. Hey, speaking of sex, wait, what? <laughs> David Lemieux, Ray, <laughs> James Bag Jr., David Lemieux, Gary Spiko Sullivan, twelve rounds middleweights. They have been talking a lot of trash against each other. This should be fun. This is what pay per view undercards are all about, Rafe. David Lemieux, will we ever see him again in a fight that truly matters? What do you got here? Ah, truly matters? That's a stretch. He's only 29. How is this guy only 29, Rafe? Lemieux? Yeah. He started started young, got beat up young, had one comeback in him. We're on comeback number two. No, I think he's fun. This is going to be – this is an awesome can't-miss fight, right? Both guys – cannot defend themselves and love to beat the crap out of people. So it is going, you know, they have no choice other than to just walk straight into the center of the ring and start throwing bombs. And historically, David Lemieux wins those fights. Like when we, when he, when he had that, that three rounds against Curtis Stevens, you know, he, he eventually bombs those guys out. You, you have to do something a little bit different against David Lemieux. But if you could take, but you know, you know, our guy O'Sullivan, he has the kind of chin that makes you wonder, can he hang in there? Can he wait till Lemieux gasses? Cause he often does gas and, and do something to, to, to win that fight. It's for a brawler, brawl, you know, puncher versus puncher matchup. It's, it's, it's got a little bit more intrigue than some of the previous ones we've seen in the David Lemieux, uh, oeuvre, his body of work. And yo, it's just gonna be so much fun. The, the crowd is gonna be fired up. It's gonna be exciting. You know what this undercard needs? You know what Oscar needs to move heaven and earth to somehow squeeze? I know it's very unconventional, but maybe squeeze a little swing bout into this undercard. It's already awesome, but you know what it needs? It needs the rooster. Put yeah. Nico Macias <laughs> in the spot two weeks ago. I don't care. He probably still has a shiner from that fight. Get him some bum who will, who he will just wail on for four oh, rounds. Leave him the alone. crowd, the crowd will be going insane. Leave, they leave. have that extra time from starting early. Give me the rooster, bro. Leave him alone. Leave me the hell alone tonight. Please leave her alone. Yes, please, Rafe. Stop. Get off of Roxy. Um, are we setting up Lemieux to face Canelo if he loses Triple G? True or false? I think we're setting up O'Sullivan also to face. Canelo. I hey, don't, yeah. The winner Whoever, gets Canelo if he loses. That ain't bad. Um, winner might get Canelo if he wins. 
Lemieux has no panache. We know this. So there is an opening here, I think, for Gary O'Sullivan too. You think he? Ha- you think O'Sullivan has panache as a boxer? Have you watched it? You you see him fight uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders or Chris that Eubank blown Jr.? up lightweight Abreu that time? No. Um. Yeah, I've seen him, Rafe. He's got a little more panache than than Lemieux. Let's be honest. I mean, all of Lemieux's panache is in his hair and in his in his uh, you know, in his uh. You know, you know what I'm, I mean, you, you do I believe know. in nothing Lebowski. We cut off your Johnson. I mean, you do know where, I, where I'm going with that. Um, wow, 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 wow. Uh, somebody slipped me a, a Jimmy. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody, uh, it was the meat of Mexico. No one owns it. Uh, my prediction for that fight, Rafe, is on a USB stick, but do not open the USB until after the fight, Rafe. Uh, I, I got Lemieux here stopping him because that's what he does, bro. And, to your point, the other guy doesn't have enough panache to avoid that uh, bomb. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, he's it's it's going to be super fun. There's a chance that O'Sullivan it, can take the punch well enough to weather the storm and and come back and and maybe win late. You know, Lemieux doesn't have the greatest chin, but he, he's stout. Uh, but still. We've seen this enough times before that I'm not going to pick against Lemieux in in just a uh, a slugfest. He that, that this is what he does. All right, good showcase opportunity here for Jaime Munguia, who has become Jim Lampley and HBO's. You know, as we talked about the next great whatever. Rafe, sorry, like no, 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 no. Uh, he's going to be defending his WBO 154 belt against Brandon Cook. In a way, he's being set up where it's like blow this dude out or it's a failure, right? This is your setup. This is your Gervonta Davis in the co-main of Maymac, basically, right? I yes, he this cannot be uh one like the the undercard of uh of of Maypac when when uh when our guy uh Vasil fought against a Thailand fighter. Yes. I don't want to see I, that. I never okay? remember that guy's name. I have a fight uh with a, a Thailand guy. I do remember yeah. the division that they fought in Rafe, but I don't remember that guy's name at all. Probably never will. One thirty-five weight category. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> Monkey. So look, here's the thing. Wait, Golden Boy's got two guys that matter right now. True. I mean, Lemieux kind of matters, but they have Canelo. They got Rai Guy Garcia for the future, and maybe Jaime Munguia for the present. So hey, showcase him. Let's see what we got. All right. Yeah, yeah. I look. I, the only. The only reason I would roll my eyes a little bit about it, cause was the hyperbole <laughs> that, that surrounded the Liam, the Liam Chunky Beefy, whichever one he is, Beefy Stu Smith fight. Um, outside of that, yo, that was a fun, like really great fight. We were there live going nuts. Uh, so, so all of that is good. Mungia is a lot of fun, but I, I hope they learn the lesson to pump the brakes, stop comparing him to, you know, Whoever, whatever, all-time great middleweight you looked up on BoxRec. Uh, it's just let, let, let's calm down, yeah. have a fun fight, and get to this main event. Yeah, this is Danny's moment. Danny's going in the Hall of Fame, not Jaime Munguia. So stop that. The main event, of course, Gennady Golovkin bringing two of his middleweight titles because that's all he has left, WBA and WBC. He was stripped of the IBF for facing Vanas. We already know that against the lineal champ. Canelo Alvarez, the rematch of last September's very, very controversial split draw, which can only be blamed on one person, Rafe, and one person alone. But she will not be a part of this fight, Rafe. It took us a long time to get here. One year because of the tainted beef, because of Canelo's suspension. We almost didn't get this fight because Gennady, to his credit, was like, no, I'm getting the percentage financial split I want. I don't care about your deadlines. Oscar reportedly dipped into his own stash of cash to make it happen. But the good news is we are here, Rafe. 
what the heck are your expectations for what this fight can do for the sport? Because let's be honest, outside of Logan Paul and friggin' KSI. Who the hell is that? Uh, this is the biggest pay-per-view of the year in boxing. What are your expectations for what this fight means to the whole sport? Give me a macro. What do you got here? It's a big deal, Brian. I think it's a very big deal. I look, man. I'm not a for the good of boxing kind of guy. I'm I like boxing. You put it on TV, I watch it. I want to see the craziness. I want to see the the guts, the glory. I don't care. It's because of you that boxing is. I barely make a red penny off of boxing. Boxing takes my money. It doesn't pay. It doesn't put no food (laughs) on my table. So you know what? I want to see good fights. This is a great fight with real angry mofos going at each other that's good enough for me that's all i need so you give me the macro all right all right it's a big deal look this is a big deal it's a pay-per-view we haven't really had many pay-per-views this year we certainly haven't had any that really mattered what has been on paper let's be really honest outside of like a pinoy thunder volume 19 what has been on pay-per-view and boxing outside of logan paul ksi this year showtime hasn't done one they're out of that business now nor has hbo so we're, we're kind of winning ESPN in that never did the manny Terrence Crawford Horn pay-per-view that they were talking about. Is this boxing's first pay-per-view? I believe so in 2018. Wow. Who would have ever thought? Major pay-per-view. Wow, Rafe, because if you remember that stretch of like 2011, 2012, we had way too many pay-per-views. We had like upwards of like 12 or 13 pay-per-views. It was like pay-per-view every week it felt like. Boxing is in a good place. we got to be really honest. We're going to close out the macro conversation we're in a good place. Yeah, it's splintered. You gotta pay five bucks to this guy and five bucks to this guy and nine ninety nine to this guy. And maybe that does add up in the end. But this is a lot better than having to pay sixty dollars every month or every twice a month. So let's put that out of the conversation. This is a big deal. I hope it gets the crossover love it deserves. I hope and I know you don't care, maybe a lot of people don't care, but I hope that casual fans run into this fight and go, Oh yeah, I remember that fight from last year. Yeah. I hope there's some trash talk this week for both of them. I hope we get a fight as entertaining or better than the first one. And I, Rafe, I don't think there's a, a scenario in which it won't be more exciting. And you got to give that first fight credit last year. Even if you're just a casual fan that knows nothing, if you watch that, it was dramatic, it was fun, there was action. It was what we wanted out of a pay-per-view. It was the anti-Mayweather era pay-per-view. And I think this one can be even better because of the soap opera that went on in the last 12 months, because we got an angrier Gennady, because Canelo is already, as you're seeing, in absurd shape because he's got to improve that stamina. Rafe, we answered that first one saying it could be Hagler Hearns of our era or Hagler Leonard or whatever. I think it more could be Hagler Hearns. I think there's more propensity for fireworks because of the emotions and what's at stake here. Talk me off this ledge of me expecting to eat a bowl full of action on Saturday night. The only look, I think you're right. There are everything is lined up for this to be a more of a war. You know, you could come in wearing your war hat with, with Marvin Hagler yes. uh, for this fight. But I think the way the the argument against that, the reason to talk you off of that cliff, or at least to temper those huge expectations while still being hopeful is that that we already saw these guys fight once and it wasn't that and when they actually get in the ring why are is it in their 
advantage is an e- is it in either guy's advantage to fight in a more reckless war like style for Canelo it's hard to imagine that 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 it it behooves him to go in there and and really try and bang it out sl- bang bang you want some more bang with with, with Gennady Golovkin that's not a, that's usually not a good idea but what he did in the first fight is not what we would say is a good idea against Gennady Golovkin go lay on the ropes and 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 dodge shots but he did it so uh, it is, but still, I, it's it's probably not the fight we're going to see from Canelo because he never has done that. You know, maybe he's so mad and he goes for it. That would be really cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm oh, down for right. that. Canelo, um, you look at Canelo's blueprint. You look at what he learned from that. What he should learn from that first fight is a, you got to get in better shape, and I think he is. And b, he may have even more of an avenue to outbox Triple G. Like I think it was easier for him to slip punches than he thought, and than we thought. And maybe that's because he was eating a lot of beef or listening to the performance-enhancing audio. But he was able to slip punches more than we ever thought. So you're right. It behooves him not to make this a brawl, even though you know what we got to do. We, we, we got to bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. Well, hey, Triple G, you got to bang him. So essentially, my excitement for this to be a brawl is totally because Triple G Rafe needs to bang him. Triple G needs to bang. I mean, he's got to whack a wood if he can. I mean, Give me some of that hard wood I'll whack your with. Triple G has to be the Kazakh Thunder of old, Rafe. And the problem with Triple G is he's too good of a boxer for his own good. But when you play the jab game and you show your opponent too much respect, you roll the dice and gamble. You got lucky against Danny Jacobs that the judges sided with you and you didn't end up with a draw. You didn't get lucky against Canelo. Yes, you got robbed. But as we talked about on this show in previous weeks, Rafe, a certain percentage of blame for that robbery if you understand boxing's politics and where we're at and what this broken sport really is, some of that blame has to go to Triple G for not having a plan B and for saying down the stretch, I'm just going to ride this jab and hope for the best. And when he had Canelo winded and cornered in the middle rounds, not going for it. Later in the fight, Gennady took Canelo's best punches. The comments afterwards from Gennady have been, he doesn't hit so hard. You got you got the pronunciation. The 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 you got you got the impersonation uh, for me. I mean, gonna isn't that my lucky bunch? Oh yeah, it, Max, Max, come on. Are are you serious? It's it's not my lucky punch. My crazy punch, Max. It's it's not it's not hard punch. It's uh like 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 slap. Hey, Triple G, if you're the real Mexican style, then be the Mexican style. Don't be a scientific Olympic boxer. Be Chavez Sr., right, Rafe? So here's what Triple G's got to say entering this fight. This is my legacy fight. And not everybody, especially a guy like him, who's been led on, avoided, and forced to fight four times a year against every Nobuhiro Oshida willing to line up against him, not everybody gets one chance at a defining fight against an A-level pay-per-view star. He's getting a plan, check and chance. Yes, he got screwed. But like Jim Lampley said on the on the fight game, like, we never got Oscar Tito 2, right? We never got Hagler Leonard 2. We're getting this chance. And what this chance is for Gennady to get the kind of win, Rafe, that really affects his long-term legacy. Maybe you tell me I'm being too ridiculous and specific, but I think it's rare that a guy's entire career comes down to one fight. 
If Gennady wins this, not only does he break the middleweight title defense record, but he will have beaten a contemporary A-level fighter in that person's prime. This is his whole career in one fight. He's got to be the guy we thought he was in 2013, 14, 15. He's got to be the Kazakh Thunder. He has to come out there almost like Hearns and Hagler did and said, I'm going to win this fight in the first three rounds. I will make war. I will bang. Brian, when you said, I think you... You, you got, you, you, I, I'm speechless. Like you, you're firing me up. You said one shot and I started hearing the, the, the eight mile music at dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, he's got to lose himself in the moment is what you're saying, I believe. Um, I, look, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I don't, I, I always hesitate to say that a fighter needs to do something other than fight his fight. Yeah, that, that is usually a recipe for losing. Uh, I said it last week. I'm not even sure that I, I, we go back to Porter Garcia. I'm not sure that the moments when when Porter wasn't doing his Sean Porter thing helped him. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But let's talk. But but with Triple G, he's got the one thing he forget about the the war mentality or whatever. What what's going on in his head? I don't care if if he's thinking about lollipops and and Candyland or whatever, sunshine, gumdrops. Lo- I forget the damn song, sunshine, but I don't care what's going on in his head and... during that fight. No, don't correct me, mother. I know the song. Um, I know this game. Yeah, I, I think the th- difference. Now, shut up, Larry. Oh, um, wow. Wow. You think I uh, care what that guy said right there about me? You think I care about that? No. Brian, Brian. Chill. What he needs to do is get to the body. I don't care what he's thinking about. I don't care if it's war. I don't care if it's Barbie dolls. He needs to get to Canelo's body. He didn't do it. Was it because of Canelo's counters? Was it because of I don't know what in the first fight? If Triple G does not uh, attack the body, then he's then he. I don't think he's going to win this fight. Hashtag unless he just knocks him out with one punch, which Triple G does. So insert joke. Hashtag what a beauty body. But you nailed it. The key to breaking down Canelo and forcing him to be winded and forcing this to be a fight. How do you slow down a guy who's more elusive than you? You go to the body. What did he not do in the first fight? He never went to the body. He did like twice, Rafe. Like it was just ridiculous. Don't be a headhunter and don't live and die with your jab, which is weird because what makes Gennady really good? His jab is a weapon. He controls people with that jab. But when Gennady faces B and C level guys, that jab can become a left hook and he starts to show you more panache. He gets too rigid and conservative against A level guys, guys that he feels have power, a Lemieux, a Jacobs, a Canelo. You felt Canelo's best punches. So maybe don't be Hagler and Herons and be a brawl. So maybe don't go that level of what I just gave you. But Rafe, there's got to be an in-between and you nailed it. It's got to be attack, go to the body. The thing was, though, Rafe, he had a lot of trouble landing that right hand, especially early in the fight as Canelo was swiveling. And I mean, Canelo is good with that. He's quick, especially at middleweight. He's going to be even quicker. So he's Gennady's going to have to be. Here's what's interesting. They ask Abel a lot. You know, how does Gennady need to change for this rematch? How has this camp been different? And Abel's answer every time is, well, when you're at this level, there's no difference. It's just maintaining. It's just maintaining. Guys, you need a plan B. You need to find a way to land your right hand. You couldn't do that in the first fight. My problem with Gennady mostly was when he did have Canelo cornered. Tell me if I'm wrong. He didn't shoot his load. He didn't go for it, right? But Yeah, it looked like he had trouble pulling trigger. But outside of those moments, when you're in the middle of the ring, you've got to find a way to land your right hand. you got to find some panache, bro. You need a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. So there is a lot riding on Canelo's shoulders. I mean, on Gennady's shoulders. There's really not as much riding on Canelo's. It's interesting. Even though that drug thing, 
would lead you to believe there's a lot of pressure on him. People coming in, for the most part, believe Gennady's the better fighter, I think. So Canelo can take a loss here. There's really not a lot of pressure on him. So maybe anti-point from the beginning of what I made that this is going to be a war, maybe Canelo's best bet is depend on the judges, get to the get to the finish under any means possible. Of course, because he starts every every fight up four points on the card. So, you know, that that's always a good idea for him. Uh, what can we just talked about what Gennady can do or what he needs to do to change outside of stamina. Is there anything strategically you think Canelo can and should do from what he saw in the first fight to improve? Yeah. I mean, of course it's linked to stamina. I mean, I think this is probably one of the reasons he doesn't do this is that he, he does sort of pace himself a lot in fights. Canelo does, but if he, if he has worked on the stamina, if he has the gas to, to do it, he should try and, Get be first as much as possible in this fight and not spend too much time on the ropes fight in the middle of the ring be first because he won almost every exchange i hate to say it as a big triple g fan but he won almost every exchange when they were in the middle of the ring together he was landing the punches and triple g wasn't and if he does that if he did that more then it would have been a canelo fight you know is that thing is he didn't he stopped doing it in the middle of the fight and then he woke up in rounds like 10 11 12 um so that's that's what i would say canelo be first be more active of course but if that that's all that all hinges on the stamina if he doesn't have the gas to do that if he if he tries that doesn't hurt or knock out triple g and then gets gassed in round seven he's got a he's, it's not going to be a good night for canelo so it, yeah he needs to be more active he needs to be first he needs to force those exchanges and win them like he probably can as the sort of with guy with the quicker hands and perhaps a little bit slicker head movement uh and if he does those things that's going to be good for him uh but it's also dangerous, right? I mean, you're exchanging with one of the most dangerous punchers no, in the sport. That's why it's a great fight. And you nailed a lot in there. And it's funny how I'm saying, like, hey, Gennady, your jab has gotten you this far, but you need more than the jab. But the reality is you saying Canelo needs to be first is in a way to take away the success of Gennady's jab because that's how Gennady banks rounds. He uses that as a weapon. He's so good at cutting off the ring that if nothing happens in a round, judges are usually going to like the fact that Gennady cornered you Landed more punches with the jab, and at the end of the fight, you look at the copy box numbers, and he will have outlanded you. And it makes your argument tougher to have won that fight. So I agree with you. If you're Canelo, you gotta have more output. You gotta establish your jab. But you have to also establish your jab as a means, yes, to almost do what Porter did to Garcia, to confuse Golovkin, to, to mess with the computer, right? You gotta mess with the computer a little bit. But you also have to do it to set up your counter shots. You land a couple stiff jabs. And then you start to use your jab more as a pawn to set up that right hand. And it's going to be, in the end, look, it's going to be the counter shots that, that are going to win this fight for, for Canelo if he's going to win the decision. It's going to be landing the cleaner, bigger shots. And true or false in the first fight, Rafe, when you look at the fights that were, the punches that were most telling, it's Canelo that landed the more telling punches overall, correct? Even though I thought he didn't true. deserve to win, he landed the bigger shots overall. True. I mean, and, and he has those, he, he always, manages that even in all of his close fights you look back to Aris Landy Lara Austin Trout every time there was a debatable decision he won he always landed the better shots in those fights right he always caught these guys clean with a couple just I like like jaw dropping shots and and he does that and he did that against Triple G and the other thing I was going to say we were talking about how Triple G needs to get to Canelo's body well he's going to have to get close to, to do that, right? He's, he's, he's going to have to close the, the jab distance a little bit to land good body punches. You know what that means for Canelo at the same time? 
he's going to Canelo also needs to try and counter and get Triple G's body cuz we know Triple G's Triple G Triple Triple G's Triple G's chin that that thing he's a, he's like a you know he's he's a cyborg yes. up there but he does not like it to the body we've seen, we don't see it a lot because guys don't get close enough to him to land body shots but when he gets hit to the body that's the only time you ever see Triple G take a step back there was someone gifted made a gif of it recently and put it on boxing reddit uh, a little exchange that I didn't even remember live in the fight, but like Canelo countered with a left hook to the body and Triple G literally did bent over to the side, took a step back, you know, had to shake it off. So he had no and business. Then he had no business walking in. away from that body shot. Holy crap. Like that shows you that Triple G's like cyborg Russian military tough. Yeah. Um, he, that is that, that, so he, he doesn't like it to the body. So, so yeah, Triple G is going to have to come in and try and get attack Canelo's body. Canelo, hope, I think he probably is going to be expecting that on some level and he's going to want to come get, be dishing it right back because that is maybe the best way to, to hurt and discourage Triple G. So we're saying Canelo, you need to be a little bit different than your natural default. You need to be more active. You need to be using the jab more. You need to be blah, 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 going to the body like you're saying. I wonder if there's any potential for Triple G to be the opposite of what he normally is, which is the guy who always takes the lead, the guy who sets the tone, the guy who controls the distance and pace. Is there a scenario in which Triple G as a counterpuncher can be effective where he can come out there and say, I'm not as worried about losing the first couple rounds. Maybe I try to give Canelo more confidence. Maybe if I can take Canelo's best punches, I take a few early because I need to draw Canelo into a state of comfortability where he thinks he can throw with me and not pay for it. Is there any panache level in that robot Triple G uh, like where he could do that, where there's, where it's smart to do that, where it's not about winning 12 rounds now, it's about knocking this guy out. And to do that, he's gonna have to allow Canelo, whether it's allowing or not. Canelo, the only way Canelo gets knocked out, Rafe, is basically what I'm trying to say. Canelo gets knocked out if he has more success, because that's what's gonna draw him to, to exchange more. So is there, do you see any scenario in which that would, can, can, can Triple G survive mentally as a counterpuncher? I see what you're saying, Brian. It makes sense logically, but I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Triple G is, his hands are quick enough to operate like that as a counterpuncher to, to sort of wait on, on a, on a lazy jab from, from, from Canelo and then counter over the top with the right. We, we've just never seen him really do a lot of that. It's possible. Maybe, I mean, you do, Triple G, a guy as good as him, you don't put any, you don't rule anything out, right? But man, it would be very surprising and I think risky. And, and honestly, if you ask me, I think he's better off if he wants to knock out Canelo going full Teddy Atlas, put water in the basement, put flies on the windshield, be active and go in there and break him down. And part of that Do not be discouraged. Do not give him no respect and go in there and break him the no F respect down. Is, Touch some yeah. C's. Touch. Wow, wow. So you nailed two things there. No respect is one part of it. If I'm Al Bernstein, I'm giving you his key, three keys to victory. No respect, go to the body. But my third one is combination punching. Because Rafe, he was discouraged that he couldn't land his right hand. And he became a one-shot artist in that first fight. Jab, jab, missed the right hand. Jab, jab. I need combinations out of Triple G. I need when he has Canelo cornered, I need him to take a chance. Because look, again, we saw Triple G's chin get turned. We saw him eat big shots. Canelo got hit with the biggest shots Canelo got hit with were against the ropes, but they were to the side of the head, Rafe. They weren't to the chin. He's got to reach that chin, and I think it's the combination punch. How does Danny Garcia get his left hook off? 
He always does it in a two to three punch setting. Normally where he bends down, goes to the body once, but it always ends with that vicious hook over the top. We need some more panache, some combination out of, out of Triple G in the end if he's got a chance to finish this. Rafe, we've been going at it for a while here. We gotta get into the damn predictions here. And I know who you love. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. But I want to know who wins this fight and how. Big Red on Big Red, what do you got here? I need your prediction. All right, man. So, you know, let's flash back to a year ago. I was utterly despondent after that fight. I had to leave Las Vegas on that night immediately after drive back to Los, drive back to Los Angeles. I was, even though I thought Triple G had won, Triple G was my guy. This was his moment. And I felt like he just wasn't, he, you know, my guy wasn't my guy. He wasn't the guy that I thought was the guy. You were the guy, like done with guy. boxing. Where's the guy? You were like that, done with, yeah. you were basically like, boxing is full of shit, man. I used to love Assuming. This I used to love this you were, you were despondent. I was. And, and so coming out of that, if this fight had happened in May as it was scheduled, I would have just said, you know what? I hate to say it, but Canelo looked like he has more room to improve. He looked like the guy who was figuring the other guy out. He looked like the classier boxer in that fight. And I think that he would take the rematch. But there's this curveball in this fight. This thing that we cannot, we don't, we cannot know about. It's a known unknown. We're going to war. Sorry, Robert McNamara, you're a bum. Uh, anyway, politics aside, um, the known unknown is this, is the, is the tainted meat, is the PEDs, the, the banned substance that Canelo tested positive for. If he was using, if Canelo has been using, as we now have to question earlier in his career, and assuming that the more stringent VADA testing that they've been subjected to on this round of training, assuming that has stopped that, how does that affect this fight? Is he the same fighter? Can he take the punches that he took from Triple G in this one? Will he have even more stamina problems if whatever you know had been affecting his stamina we don't know if we're going to see the same canelo if we do i think he wins if he doesn't who the hell knows so probably like, not it, if his mexican drugs are better then i think he wins if if <laughs> right. if he can't get over that who has got the best pharmacy uh that's you interesting know, is, that's his it. memo involved. I like that because on one side, we didn't even mention that Triple G's 36. We didn't mention that the first fight was a year ago. Now he's a year older. Does he still have it? And you're also giving me the flip side of that is if, if, if Canelo's not eating the right meat, can he swivel and avoid the way he did in the first fight? It's a, it's a fair discussion. Just like in the first fight, Rafe, we said we got to talk about the scorecards because what was my prediction in the first fight? Well, I think Golovkin will have done enough, but where did I put my money down? On a draw because we know better. We know what's going to happen, and you got to have that same honest talk with yourself about the drugs, and that's interesting. That's an interesting point, Rafe. So with that in mind, because to me that sort of just puts the whole fight in so much doubt, or at least how I – what I expect from it, I – I kind of, it kind of just sends me back to, to ground zero or to, 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 to the first step, which, which is like, you know, we got a blank slate on this one and without knowing any better, I think I favor triple G to, to, to win. I, I, I think, I don't think he's going to knock him. I think Canelo is too good to be knocked out. He might, I hope he goes for it. I think he's going to need to go for it. Uh, 
to make the case. But I, I do think Canelo is too good to be knocked out unless 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 the beef is in it is part of the equation. True or false? Um, Gennady needs so, a knockdown or two to get a Vegas decision in this rematch. I don't. I mean, maybe Vegas might be a little bit sensitive about what happened last time. Maybe they, maybe they, they'll will have one of these weird course correction decisions, or just a correct decision would be fine in either direction. That would be preferable for me. Uh, but so yeah, I think that Golovkin will be even more active, even more varied in his assault, fight a better fight, or try to. And because I don't know what is gonna be in the ring with Canelo, I'm picking Triple G by decision. All right, very ooh, by decision. Wow, wow. You know, I thought Triple G was getting in that ass. Hey, Jamie Foxx, he's going to have to get in that ass to win the second one. Okay, so here we go, guys. Uh, I said it comes down to legacy, and I mean that for Triple G. Rafe, if, if Triple G loses a decision to Canelo in this rematch, historically we won't talk about that we thought he won the first fight. Historically we will say Triple G was a frontrunner who destroyed B-level guys but he held on to a single title and fought in Panama and Europe for years. Then he came to the States and no one wanted to fight him. And guess what? It's not his fault, but we ultimately have to hold it against him. Yeah, he tied Bernard Hopkins' middleweight record, but he's not. Yeah, he'll probably make the Hall of Fame because of that, but he's not that superhero that the American media hoped and wanted him to be. To flip that narrative, he's got to be an A-level guy in his prime, and he's got to do it definitively, and he's got to be who he is. Rafe, the anger that has come out of Triple G since the drug test and since that first fight has been telling. He played a character in the States for five years on TV. The character was the, eh, go, blah, 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 blah. No, I think Rosado, good boy. I respect box. You're serious? This is my style. Like- it was, you know, play the hits. It was the greatest hits. Ah, blah, 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 blah. It was great. Ah, ga, 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 ga. Kazakhstan forever, Rafe. It was great. Big gift to people. He's no longer playing a character. He's legitimately pissed off and angry. He's Gennady Gennadovich Golovkin, the boy who grew up in Russian military control in Kazakhstan, who lost two brothers to the war, and he's angry. Rafe, he's going to have to be that guy. I think he will be that guy. I think he will understand what's at stake for his legacy, that in the end, he's a better fighter than Canelo Alvarez. He's a bigger puncher. He's got to be the bigger puncher. He's got to empty that tank, and he's got to go for the finish. Rafe, if he fights with that anger, that Sith, that heel turnness, that he's showing in interviews, remember the only other guy to make him mad, Curtis Stevens. Are you serious right now? He punished Curtis Stevens. Is the difference in ability huge? Yes. But my point is, he was a like a violent man that night who was trying to punish a guy to teach a lesson. If he comes in with teach a lesson mode, he's going to stop Canelo Alvarez in the eighth round. Gennady by TKO. That's my prediction to uphold his legacy, to be the guy. He went through this whole long-ass journey to get here, Rafe. It comes down to one night, one shot. Mom Spaghetti, it's time, Triple G. Be that guy. Have him flipping cheeseburgers. I mean, like, whatever. Sometimes you only get one shot. You got to lose yourself something, something. Palms are sweaty. Mom's, Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti, vomit on his sweater already. Same line, messing up the song. Anyway, yeah, he's going to have to go full Eminem 8 Mile in there. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Is there a little bit of fan in me? Yes, but 
You gotta win your career in one night. It comes down to this, Rafe. He's gotta empty the tank. He's gotta be the guy. To be the man, you gotta beat the man, but you have to be a man in order to be the man to beat the man, Rafe. He's gotta be a man on Saturday. No doubts. He has to keep that mindset that they're against me, that the judges are against me, that Vegas, Bob Bennett is against me, that Oscar's evil. Didn't he call the Nevada Commission terrorists at one point in the last few months? It's time to be that guy. Go home, tell your parents, Rafe, that's all I got for you. You're damn right, Brian. I like how you predicted the eighth round, eight mile TKO. You gotta, wow. you gotta trademark that. Wow. Rafe and I will be with her this weekend in Vegas, guys. We will be attempting to collect another ridiculous evergreen Friday at the fights, media room, Canelo, Triple G, anyone who I am bringing by. grapes to feed Ryan Garcia. I'm gonna put the grapes in his mouth. By the way, folks, when I saw Rafe in New York this weekend, he was wearing the Flash Ryan Garcia's T-shirt. Slide into them DMs, brother. I mean, oh, that was awesome. I didn't know you had it. I double kebobbed. It was fan-friggin-tastic, Rafe. I mean, come on, guy. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. It goes down as DMs. All right, Rafe. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, that's it, Rafe. Go with the Russian this weekend. Look, prediction, go with the Russian. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. So, Rafe, uh, you got anything else to say to the fans, to the people, as we enter the biggest fight of the year outside of Logan Paul KSI? Well, Brian, can I say it? Can I say it? I want you to give the message to the people. You got anything? Good, good, no. good gift? <laughs> you got nothing for me, do you? Bye, Rafe. I said book. we out, man. We out. Oh, sorry. Bye, Rafe's book. Go to his website, Kazakhstan. Do the book. Watch the fight. Oh!